0: We are not saying, you know, it was horrible, now we should all stand up and uh, give a minute of, of silence, or how do you not want to cry when you hear this? We are not saying any of those things. We are trying to send our message in a positive way and say that we should be proud that we overcome this period and we should know the price of freedom.
1: Hello and welcome to the Lithuanian Dream Podcast. My name is Ruta nojo and this is our 60th episode. I'm very happy that for the past one and a half years we were together and went through a whole journey of exploring different topics and meeting the dreamers, dreamers who dreamt for Lithuania. Have you ever asked yourself, why Lithuanians cherish their freedom so dearly. It's a bit different how Americans approach their traditional celebrations, or Germans. Lithuanians go to the street with the national dress, fly their flags and sing traditional songs, and sometimes even burn the bonfires in the middle of the city to celebrate the freedom? Well, it's because only a few decades ago our country regained its independence. Years of suffering under Soviet occupation are still in living memory for many. There was a lot of suspicion in society. People could be prosecuted for simply listening to certain songs or reading certain books. Even before that, the Stalinist repressions affected different families, including my own. I have distant cousins living in Australia and the U.S. whose grandparents fled. Many of those who stayed behind, like my great-grandfather, were forced into the Gulag system. He spent 20 years imprisoned. And the thing is that I'm not the only one whose family suffered. Every single family in Lithuania has a story related to that era. As we worked on this episode, I was thinking what would be the best way to begin. How does somebody capture the real terror that must have gripped so many Lithuanians as they were sent off to uncertain futures in trial horrific conditions? We could start with the sound of a train. The journey for these exiles always began in the cattle cars headed east. The train, which is really nothing more than a dirty wooden box, is full of people, young and old, babies, women and children, all on a one-month journey to an inhospitable land they have never known and don't wish to know. I'm reminded of the bleak and desolate scenes from Ruta Chepetit's book, Between Shades of Grey. From inside one of the cattle cars packed with men, someone called to me, and he pulled off his wedding ring and slipped it to me through the slat. You will need this to feed yourselves. Give this to your mother. You'll need it for food. And tell Romas, from now on, he's got to take care of the family. Then the soldiers grabbed me and dragged me back to the other car. That was the last time I ever saw my father. When I think of the stories of those just at the beginning of their deportation, they didn't know where they're going and they didn't know if they will come back. And more than 300,000 people from Lithuania took that journey to Siberia. Some of them never came back. But we could also start from a more hopeful place today. We could begin with the echoes of Lithuanian traditional songs performed by young people, cleaning cemeteries and building crosses, remembering those who were lost on the journeys to Siberia, but also looking forward to the future of a now vibrant independent nation Amjinoisha lojem Kroyu shkoya Amjinne brodev pilkai spending these school smoke and youth battles once a year for the last 15 years Members of Mission Siberia now voluntarily take the trip to those most distant parts of Siberia and the Far East and travel to tend to the abandoned graves of Lithuanian political prisoners and to remember their struggle. They meet the people who were in Siberia, they talk with them, and they really try to understand what does it mean? In contemporary context they try to connect the dots from the past and join them with their own lives and meanings this civic engagement campaign started back in 2005 and just recently announced that they will stop the activities so no more expeditions no more trips to these places how they explain it They explain that their job is simply done. In 15 years since the mission Siberia began, its journeys of remembrance, they have transformed the memory of the deportation period. Not as a sad and painful period only, but also as a historical period that makes the younger generation proud of its past. Today I will be speaking with the head of Mission Siberia – Aiste Edukaitite. And we will be discussing the meaning of this project, the power of the past in Lithuania and the impact Mission Siberia hopes to have for the future generations. Aiste, thank you so much for joining us today! I thought it would be great to ask you as the head of uh, organization, how would you explain this project to people who haven't heard about it?
0: We are tidying up Lithuanian cemeteries, meeting Lithuanian people who still live in those places of deportations. Our main goal and our main work is not in the Siberia or or other countries, it's in here in Lithuania or in Lithuanian communities. Because the main goal of the project is to encourage civic engagement and, and patriotism and saving history. So, we are constantly creating new forms of history saving. It's not only uh, presentations at schools or communities, it's also documentaries, exhibitions, social media campaigns. It's all about saving history in those forms which are attractive to young people.
1: Wow, and uh, you even have a podcast I saw and recommend everyone to listen. Uh, They're like diaries of people who went on the trip. It's amazing. This is like a vicious cycle of being engaged and sort of creating your own uh, the bubble of people who are active. And it's amazing that you sort of connect civic engagement with social responsibility, with community building, with, uh, you know, the family ties that are very much missing nowadays when we have quite individualistic uh, societies and we, uh, you know, push to compete. But uh, your project sort of talks about the community. Um, But I was even thinking before out, talk like how would I myself describe this project to my foreign friends and then I was like putting it together uh, about you know Siberia a harsh topic a harsh part of the history uh you know gulags and like political prisons be- people being forced out of their homes and then there are young people who just go and clean cemeteries that are like quite religious symbols and if I would hear that in that kind of way I would be like is it political? Is it something about you know being very much like a strict political movement, or what do you think this project is about? Is it about sending uh, some political messages? Is it humanitarian message? Is it something about the participants dis- dis- exploring something about their roots? I don't know. How do you explain it to students and our listeners today can be your
0: students? Well it's not political at all we we are not trying to send um, any match political context you know i guess This project has so many different pieces. In one way, it's uh, some kind of participation in your country's history and participation in what happened, even though you haven't been there uh, during that time of deportations. But in some way, you are trying to find those relations between that period of history. In another way, it's creating some relations with the history of your family. Family. As you said, it's uh, strengthening communities as well because. What we are trying to do before the expeditions, we are trying to encourage those participants of expeditions to visit former deportees or political prisoners who are still alive and can tell their stories face to face. Because we understand that, well, we should be realistic. After 10 or 15 years, those people will be gone and their stories will be gone as well. So... It's very important to hear those stories today and after that, tell those stories to other people. Also, this project is the part of finding yourself in some way because as we talk with participants of the expedition, they have so many different motives to participate in this project. Some of them uh, come to us because they feel that they have something to give to this project and to the society. And other people are looking for some answers in their life, you know, in their career path or things like that. So sometimes Mission Siberia, helps them to answer those questions and sometimes we are getting so many new ideas and new approaches from those people who are experienced enough so it has so many pieces it's history it's some kind of i know character building i guess (laughs) Uh, also finding your roots relations with your grandparents or other elderly people because uh, there is still a gap between two generations in Lithuania. It's very difficult to talk the same language to young people and to those who saw deportation for themselves. So it's very important to find those initiatives or events where those generations can be together and find something in common. Yeah, wow. It has so many different layers of of meaning
1: and really uh, reconciling with the past, reconciling with your family, reconciling with yourself and empowering yourself, being, you know, writing a new chapter. And I like how you take it in a positive way. It's not suffering sort of card as well. And you traveled the world with this story. So you didn't just go to schools in Lithuania. You went to communities around the world. So have you discovered anything new abroad and from people maybe even you know, older generation? How did they see this period?
0: Yeah, well, in 2016, we started visiting Lithuanian communities in the United States of America, in Canada. Also, we are doing a lot of presentations in Lithuanian communities in Europe, uh, we did some presentations in Australia, and uh, for me, very interesting thing was that those people who are living abroad, even their whole life, they are still somehow connected to this part of history, especially those displaced people who left Lithuania during war, the Second World War, and uh, for me it was very interesting because, well, in Lithuania sometimes people had this idea that you know, while Lithuanians were deported to Siberia, they suffered a lot. Some Lithuanians just ran away from Lithuania and had this really beautiful, amazing life in in America. So. It's very important for Lithuanians who live here in in Lithuania to understand that those people who ran away from the war or, or deportations, they also had suffered so much because they had to live in those camps of displaced people. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have where to stay. And even some people who are interested in history, they say that, you know, while one part of Lithuania were deported to, to the east. Another part of Lithuania flew to, to the west. And in some way, it's the same thing because, you know, Lithuania were just scattered in pieces all over the world. So what I also saw during those visits to the United States of America or Canada, that the histories of our families, they are so Connected and uh, while one part of the family is living in in I know Chicago or New York, another part of the family still lives in Siberia because the relatives were uh, taken apart during World War II. So it's very important to talk about those things and to find the way uh, to save this part of history and to find the way to save the history in. To create possibility for those people who live abroad and for those who live in lithuania to participate in some connected initiatives or or projects because it's really important and that's why Some years ago, we started inviting participants to the expeditions from Lithuanian communities abroad because we thought that it's very important to know history for them and also for Lithuanians who participated in the expeditions. They said that having this person from, I don't know, United States of America or Canada, it also helped them to learn a lot about our nationality, about uh, our roots and history.
1: Yeah, because uh, the identity that they brought with them sort of got uh, got put in a jar and pickled. And it's, it's amazing. Some people still have like an accent or uses the words that are not being used in contemporary Lithuania. So we sort of take Lithuania of that time with us and ideas. And if we don't speak about it or we don't change, we just stay the way we were at that time, I guess. And um, we had the author, Ruta Shepetis, on our podcast, who wrote a great novel that I would recommend to our listeners if they haven't read it. It's called Between Shades of Grey. And it's about a family being sent to Siberia and the young girl going through that experience. It became a New York times bestselling actually book, the first one on this genre. And what I liked was she talked about and the way she became a writer because she became a writer at quite long, you know, old age after 20 years of working in music business, Uh, but how she became was because she kept asking musicians, what is your story? And they kept asking her, what is your story? and she was trying to understand what's her story and then at the end of the 20 years she understood that her story is being lithuanian and this was her first book so pivoting this uh, towards you what is your story aista why are you the head of uh, mission siberia
0: Well, I joined this project after working in one Lithuanian Youth NGO, it's called Lithuanian Youth Council, and I worked with public relations, with communication in this organization, and um, this Lithuanian Youth Council and Mission Siberia is very connected because Mission Siberia in 2006 started in Lithuanian Youth Council. They were the ones who started implementing this project, but after that the project became the part of charity foundation unions. But somehow it's still connected. So after some years in this Lithuanian Youth Council, the head of this project, Ignis, offered me to work in this project with communication as well. And after some years, I became the head of this project. But it's, you know, just the, like a theoretical story, <laughs> my career path in some way. Of course, I had so many thoughts about Mission Siberia, should I be the part of it or not? But for For me, for a very long time, this project was the best civic engagement project in Lithuania. I really admired those people who are going to expeditions. I really admired the communication, the initiatives, what this project do. So for me, it was an honor and the pleasure to be part of this project. And also, a lot of people ask me, You probably have some relatives who were deported or probably your grandparents were deported. And it's actually not true. All my grandparents, they have never been deported. They uh, lived in Lithuania. And uh, I barely have some, you know, remote relatives who were in Siberia. So for me, it was very important. And it was the possibility to make this part of history Alive because what I knew about deportations, political imprisonments. It was all from school, you know, from the books. And I knew only some facts, locations, some dates, and that's all. So becoming the part of this project gave me the possibility to make this history alive and uh, make this part of history more interesting for me. Because I heard so many uh, stories from real people who were deported, who were prison and who saw those events. So for me, it was very important personally as well because I learned so much and this project gave me so many things. Community of Mission Siberia is really amazing. Those people, they are doing amazing things in different spheres of work you know it's not only NGO they are working in media in business some of them are working in NGO at schools so you can learn from those people constantly because you can meet them you can just call them and ask for friend advice or a question so right now I cannot see like anything which can stop a person from choosing to be a part of this project. It's very motivational
1: for sure. When I watch all the movies you have, so every expedition had a movie, I think, or most of them, and there are 15 on YouTube, I would recommend everyone to watch it. Uh, it's in Lithuanian, but if you have a translator, a dedicated translator, I think it's worth watching all these movies. And um, what is interesting that you have a lot of symbols that you incorporated in Mission Siberia. So name itself, it's a mission. It's not a holiday in Siberia or, you know, just going to Moscow to see the main things. <laughs> St. <laughs> Petersburg, uh, but you just go in the middle of nowhere basically and uh, to the places that don't have even houses often. Uh, you try to place uh, cemeteries that often, there was one cemetery that was burned, so there was field and you, you were trying to understand what is there. Uh, it's very physically demanding. You walk a lot, in some cases, 50 kilometers in two days. You walk through swamps, uh, you build crosses. It's a logistical challenge as well because you bring things to the place. And it's a challenge for sure, so that kind of symbolism, crosses and things like that. And then you have songs, Lithuanian songs being singed. And a lot of, like, you put little Lithuanian flags on these crosses and uh, you reflect a lot as well why do you think these symbols are so important for this trip? Why didn't you just make, you know, I don't know, educational trips for students and just, you know, focused on having this size of the group and having all these physical challenge, uh, the names, the reflection, diaries, all these things
0: incorporated? Why is it so important to have that? Well, we didn't have all of those symbols at the beginning, you know, because when the project uh, was growing step by step we incorporated new things for example we incorporated this diaries thing where we asked people to bring uh, their notebooks and write something and, and share after the expedition with us we did all those things because we wanted to create as memorable thing for those who participate in the expedition as we can because we understand that it very depends on the presentations which we are doing at schools or communities or libraries. It depends on the emotions of participants from the expedition. It depends a lot because if the participant you know didn't feel anything didn't have any you know adventurous moments or hard moments or funny moments in the expedition after the expedition he or she couldn't tell uh, those stories to students to school children as uh, interesting as they might tell so it's very important to do all those things with symbols, with diaries, with reflections, because that's how you create this unique story of the expedition. And every expedition is different, you know, because different people are going, we are going to different places, we are doing different work and meet different people. So you cannot create two exact expeditions, the same expeditions. And... um, after those long physical hikes of course some people can fight some people can you know become emotional or cry or or say that you know i don't want to do that anymore but it's still the part of your journey Uh, and and your journey of emotions as well and you understand so many things while you are here while you are in Siberia you know or or Kazakhstan and for me I went to the expedition in 2018 I went to Kazakhstan and uh, all those things they made me realize so many things about our history all those uh, moments when you I, I remember one moment when It was, I guess, the middle of the expedition. At some point of the expedition, I passed out and cut my face. So for me, it was like I was sitting with a a plaster on my face. Uh, I was crying, Uh, I felt so dirty because we didn't have a chance to shower, and I was sitting on on one of the graves and I was thinking, why are we doing these things? Because, you know, we will clean up those graves, those cemeteries, but after, you know, one or two years, everything will be the same. The grass will be growing and so on and so on. And then I understood that we are not do- doing it for ourselves we are not doing it for um i know our friends or our or, or families we are doing for those people who believe in this uh, mission so much that uh, they come to um, those events where expeditions are leaving or coming back to lithuania and they are thanking those strangers you know they are just coming to participants of the expedition and they are crying and saying thank you so much you are the best person of my life because you will probably visit the grave of my grandmother or grand-grandmother and you understand that you do not know this person but somehow you feel so responsible for What you are doing there in the expedition. And you feel such a huge responsibility for all those people in Lithuania who are waiting, who are following the events uh, of what's happening there in Siberia during the expedition. So uh, of course we had we have a lot of hard moments during expeditions, but after those reflections of our feelings, after saying your thoughts in your diary, somehow it becomes, you know easier I guess and uh, in this way you can concentrate your thoughts for your presentations to the students. For sure. I was uh, listening
1: to your podcast Mission Sevier podcast yesterday and one of your participants Audra Avijuta, wrote in her diary that friends are being made not just for time it's for experiences and she understood that and sort of um, yeah it was like a eureka moment for me too that i should go do more experiences with my friends if you're listening guys we're going on hikes and do some uh, <laughs> stuff uh, but it's true for the challenges we understand ourselves better and um, then we when you need to step up for somebody else and not even for the person who is next to you but somebody who wishes you well and believes in you this is a, a huge responsibility but at the same time that community makes you feel that you are more than just you you know that meaning is so so powerful and yeah it's about the future building the future it's amazing but what is interesting is that we talk about history and the past as well What do you think uh, we can learn from the period of these repressions in the 40s, 50s? And why is it so important to pass these messages to the generations in the future? What can we learn from from that? And uh, what will you pass as a project?
0: Well, I guess the main message we are trying to say to, to young people, you know, to tell them that we didn't have freedom all the time. There were more than 50 years when we were under the occupation of Soviet Union and we had to fight for our freedom so much. And now we are taking it for granted, you know, because I was born in Lithuania when it was free world, you know. I, I do not know what does it mean to didn't have something, you know, and didn't have freedom. I just don't know what it feels. So we are trying to show those people, those young people that, you know, We had this really difficult period of time, but what we are trying to say is that, you know, yes, it's very harsh and it's sad, and we have so many sad stories of deportees, of political prisoners. Those stories are horrible sometimes, and you might not want to read them or listen to them, but we are trying to... Talk about this period of history in a positive way. We are trying to say that we should be proud that we overcome this period of history, these deportations. We cannot forget them, but we can look at this period with some positivity. And uh, even former deportees and political prisoners, they are giving us. Hope And they are sending the message that it's not all about suffering or, you know, those horrible stories. It's about believing in freedom. It's about revolutionary spirits as well. Because when we go to former deportees and we listen to their stories, they almost never tell you stories how cold it was, how they were hungry, or they didn't have any clothes or food or how their relatives died. They are telling stories about how they were singing Lithuanian songs in the middle of Siberia, how uh, they were trying to make some Lithuanian costumes, you know, traditional costumes, and how they were teaching even uh, local people of Siberia some new skills, and um, how they believed in Lithuania all the time. So, the least we can do is, you know, to... To be inspired of those stories and, uh, try to get something some positive message from those people and uh, usually when we are you know telling those stories to students we are telling those inspiring motivational stories about what happened there we are not saying you know it was horrible now we should all stand up and uh, give a minute of silence or how do you not want to cry when you hear this we are not saying any of those things we we're trying to send our message in positive way and say that we should be proud that we overcome this period and we should know the price of our freedom. Yeah, this is amazing, and this, it's a story of hope. And there's that book, a uh,
1: Man's Search for Meaning, and how psychiatrists wrote in the concentration camp about his own understanding of who survived harsh situations where you don't know when it's going to end and who. Who doesn't? And uh, sort of this story resembles that, that people are waiting for celebrations. They just are happy to be alive that day. And that kind of approach towards life is the basis of a lot of different religions and different approaches even now. So it's amazing to hear that even coming from the times of very big suffering back in the past. But at the same time, what is interesting is uh, that there's a bit of uh, national character to it, freedom and having right to have your own country. And we see in different countries across Eastern Europe, like Poland and Hungary, the rise of nationalism. And uh, some people in the West, in Germany, some of my friends are saying, you know, we we think that uh, because people didn't have time or uh, you know, space to wave their flags and be like very, very proud of being Polish or Hungarian. Let, let them do it. They will get bored of it. They will understand that there is diversity and things like that that are important. Do you think that in Lithuania freedom comes with diversity or it's just being proud to be Lithuanian? How do you see Mission Siberia with that? You mentioned that uh, you invite Lithuanians from abroad not just lithuanians who grow it in lithuania but uh, do you think that vision of lithuania is more on diversity side or it's more like let's the freedom is to be free lithuanian and just let, let's just talk about that
0: yes it's, it's absolutely the, the diversity because you know you can look back to our history as well and lithuania had never been only Lithuanian people. You know, we have Jewish people, we had Russian people, Polish people, uh, Latvians, uh, so many different nationalities and identities mixed up in one small country. And even when they go to the expeditions, we can find so many different stories and uh, we can find uh, Jewish names on the grave with the Catholic cross, or we can find Lithuanian graves mixed up with Ukrainian graves, because probably those two nations and deportees from Lithuania and Ukraine, they somehow find their friendships, I guess, and they decided to create those cemeteries for both nations. So it's definitely the diversity because you can learn so many new things from different perspectives of nationalities and in 2015 we even invited participants from Latvia and from Estonia to be the part of this project and to go to Siberia and visit not only Lithuanian, but Latvian and Estonian cemeteries and clean up their graves as well. We knew that there is a lot of people who would like to go from Poland to this kind of mission and, and expedition. We had some meetings with Latvian people because they wanted to organize some kind of project in their country. well. And um, we have to understand that the world will never be the same and now we can travel and we can share our experiences all over the world. And it's very important that you can learn, you know, from other nations. We should be happy that other countries are interested in this part of our history, but we shouldn't be you know we shouldn't close the doors or walls around us and we should be interested in their history and their experiences as well because we can learn from those uh, things a lot so it's quite a then uh, global
1: model that other nations countries or people can just apply for their own families maybe going and cleaning up the, the grave of the great great ancestors but the biggest, I think, ingredient of your mission is about being conscious. It's about awareness and asking yourself certain questions. What kind of questions do you start asking yourself after being involved in this
0: organization? like myself as a person i just started asking myself what can i do more and uh, which things can i do to inspire more people and uh, for me it's uh, well (laughs) it's very funny because i during my Uh, free time on weekends or or, uh, in the evenings, I like to go to different forests of Lithuania. And um, some years ago, I started sharing different Lithuanian forest stories uh, on Instagram, in English, because I just wanted to inspire more people, you know, about our nature, tell some legends of Lithuania and... uh, tell them about our identity, and that's it. And for me, just, you know, an Instagram account, I go to the forest, I take a photo, and I upload it, and that's it. But in the comments, I understood that uh, so many foreigners you know are following it and they are learning a lot about the me so just one thing but instead i you know could have chosen to just watch netflix or something like that so uh, it just for me it's it's the understanding that It's my responsibility to do more, you know, as for you, you are creating this wonderful podcast and it's, you know, that extra mile in your life, what you are doing for Lithuanians and not even Lithuanians, you know, living all over the world. So I guess nowadays when we have so many different tools, technologies, skills, we can create amazing things. We just have to understand that, I guess... Our responsibility in this life is just to go that extra mile because we have so many opportunities. And uh, some people like to say that our generation is in some way, you know, like lost generation because we didn't have any important history event because our parents, they saw the uh, freedom, you know, of Lithuania and uh, our grandparents, they saw those deportations, uh, Second World War and uh, freedom fights of Lithuanian Forest Brothers. And our generations like we didn't have anything we <laughs> became the part of the european union and that's it and i think that uh, our mission here is to create this wonderful event of history you know by going that extra mile and creating those amazing things startups podcasts i don't know new forms of communication inspiring others because we have so many things to share
1: Yes, and um, our lives are the, the message, and uh, we should make sure it's a good one. So, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yes, and um, what is the then for the future and for the future projects? What's the next step for Mission Siberia? You now graduated. You did what you wanted to do, and you passing the, the stick to to
0: some other organization. So, what the what's the next step? Yeah, so I just understood that, you know, I was talking about Mission Siberia as this project is going to live like so many years. (laughs) But actually, a couple of weeks ago, we announced about the final end of Mission Siberia. And the main reason is we just looked at all the work we done during 15 years. We had the opinion from the community and we understood that this project is really known and people understand what we do and uh, in some way we can say that we grew up the new generation which understand what civic engagement is, what saving of your history, knowing your history is. And that's how we decide to end this part of the project related to expeditions and all the activities which comes with it. But really important thing, another thing which will be alive, I hope, for a very long time, is our events and initiatives related to June 14, the day when those deportations started in 1941. So what we do on this day, we are announcing the national minute of silence for those people who were deported. And also we are doing these readings of Lithuanian deportees and political prisoners' names, surnames, and their faiths you know, if the person came back or if he died or maybe his faith is unknown to this day. So we are doing these readings virtually this year because of the pandemic. But usually we organize those readings uh, in different cities of Lithuania where people just can come and read a couple of pages from the book of those names. And uh, we see a lot of uh, space for these initiatives to grow because uh, we are experiencing the interest of Lithuanian communities all over the world. They are participating in those virtual uh, readings, and also they are saying that they want to organize their own small readings in their community centers. So uh, together with our partners, we are trying to save these events and initiatives for future generations because we think that it's really important. And also the community of Mission Siberia, it uh, remains the same, you know, all those people who participated in the expeditions, all our partners, organizers, those people are not going away, you know, because we have relations with one another. And uh, I know that those people will be implementing their own small missions in what they do on everyday basis so we are trying to say for the community that even though our expeditions come to an end but the community of mission siberia remains the same and i believe that this community is going to do so many uh, different important work not only for civic engagement but probably for uh, <laughs> all the possible, you know, fields. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I see the future of this project.
1: Yes, and it's so brave just to say, okay, we are done here. Now we take a new chapter, you know, always. (laughs) It's a a big step, but amazing. And it sounds like your mission is graduating from Mission Siberia to Mission Lithuania or Mission Community. Um, Amazing. Thank you for all the work you did. And I'm so grateful for opportunity to have this conversation
0: at this very special moment when you announce this news. Thank you for the conversation as well. It was a pleasure, you know, to talk and and, and to discuss all those topics. For sure. And I will make sure I will
1: include all the links to the things you mentioned. And uh, in case people want to join or participate in the readings you have on June 14, uh, maybe they can contact you and create their own uh, digital reading in their own community. Yes, of course. I said. Thank you for joining us today. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to go to our website, lithuaniandreampodcast.com and register for our newsletter. In this way, you will receive our episodes straight to your inbox. Today, I spoke with the head of Mission Siberia, Aiste, Eidukaitite. Mission Siberia will certainly have a huge impact on on Lithuania for years to come, as it has raised a new generation of empowered individuals. In their 15 years of service, their team has done a great job at creating a whole new community that will now become a catalyst for change. Thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners and I hope it will inspire others to create different challenges and missions in their own communities. I would like to say thank you for our team, Sean Donovan, Milda Shukite, Gabriela Valodas-Kaitė. It was me, Ruta Noyo Kaite. and as well I would like to say thank you to our partners, Lithuanian National Broadcaster, LRT, Global Lithuanian Leaders Network, GLL, Lithuanian expats organization in Berlin, Leon Berlin, and all of you for joining us today. So thank you and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at our website and I will put the link in our episode notes. Thank you and talk to you in two weeks. claya amjindagi brother
0: school and